right now. If I don't see some happiness on your face, raise your eyebrows to make me think you're happy. I've been told that if you, even if you can't smile while you're singing like my husband, that if you raise your eyebrows, it gives you that impression, okay? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. so much. I welcome you again, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here. And I uh, just want to ask before we pray uh, that you be in prayer uh, for uh, Rick and Jan Brown. They'll be with us next Sunday morning, and um, we, we are going to be presenting uh, all of our football players with a copy of Ethan Brown's book, The Fight of My Life. And, and in there, he shares his story, including his time when he was at Liberty High School on the football team, and uh, all the experiences as, as he was finding out about neurofibromatosis and the brain tumors that uh, that he, he battled and all the many surgeries, brain surgeries that he had. And, and then, of course, uh, just recently the Lord called him home and he finished his course. And it was almost as if the Lord, uh, his final work was to finish this book because it wasn't long after he finished it and this book was available that, that the Lord called him home. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that and I pray that God will use that not only on Friday when we meet with the football team, and, and share the gospel and, and share the story and, and give them a copy of this book. I uh, pray that God will use that. But also on Sunday, uh, as you hear parents' hearts and, and as they share their, uh, their only son, only child, and, um, and I, I encourage you to, to be here and, um, and invite somebody. Invite somebody to come and, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to next Sunday. So I just ask you to be in prayer about that. Also remember um, the Coach Day family. Uh, they've, had, they've got the arrangements available now. And, and uh, receiving friends will be on Tuesday, and then they'll have a graveside service. But they'll be receiving friends, I believe, from 1 to 3.30 um, at, at, I believe it's uh, Dillard, I believe, um, on Highway 8. And, um, and then the, the graveside service will follow that. And so just continue to remember this family, remember our community. Um, I know we have students here that, um, that, uh, that Coach Day... Uh, taught them or, or uh, they, they knew of Coach Day and, and so let's remember them and then tomorrow morning uh, there'll be counselors available at the middle school and, and um, so just remember this time and, and all of this that God will be glorified through this and that God would use this and so I uh, just ask that you be in prayer about that. Remember those that are sick and, and uh, those that are um, you know that, that's not feeling well, those that are battling COVID and uh, also, um, those that have upcoming tests and procedures, we want to remember them tonight as we pray. And I'm sure that represented here among us are, are various requests, and it might even be unspoken requests. But we know that God knows the need, and it's a joy to call on his name. It's, it's always wonderful to pray and, uh, and to look to Jesus and have a little talk with Jesus. And that's what we want to do right now. Let's join our hearts together right now and, uh, and pray for our church. Pray for... Uh, our kids ministry we talked about this morning had some great conversations and some great plans we're looking forward to uh, that'll be coming up and 
And I pray that God would just put a hedge protection about our church family and keep us safe and also our community. And, um, and ask God to bless us tonight. It's so good to see you. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you, the name above all names, the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for who you are. You are our refuge and our strength. And Lord, when we turn to somebody else or something else, things of this world, Lord, there's no help, there's no strength available that can compare to what you can do. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not forfeit your help and your strength and your grace and your mercy in our life because we don't turn to you and we don't pray like we should. So even now, God, as we call on you, we're reminded of how we need you. You truly are our greatest need. And so, God, I, I look to you. And, Lord, we look to you tonight. And I pray that you would help us. And, God, that we would let you lead. And, Lord, that we would follow. And, God, that we would honor you. And that we would grow in our faith. And, Lord, that we would encourage each other and spur one another on to just keep trusting and keep on believing more and more, especially in these days of uncertainty, these days of fear. Lord, help us, dear God, as only you can. Uh, Lord, we do want to pray right now for the families of the 13 uh, service uh, men and women that, uh, that were tragically killed in Afghanistan. And Lord, I just lift their families up to you. And, and uh, we think of all the evils in this world. And I pray that what the devil intended for bad, Lord, that you will use for good. And Lord, we don't understand. And, and, uh, and Lord, our hearts break. But we do pray, Lord, for this. And, and I just pray that you would help us. And God, that you'd have mercy on our nation. Lord, help us. We pray that you will be with our leaders. And, and Lord, I pray that, God, that we would look to you for, for divine wisdom. And, and God, that we would honor you. And help us as the church, Lord, who believes in you. And who knows you, God, that we would be witnesses for you and let our light so shine before men that they would see our good works. Lord, that you would be glorified in and through us. I pray for our students that are here tonight, Lord, as they go out into the school and they hear things and see things. Lord, I pray that they would not compromise. And God, that they dare to be like Daniel. Lord, that they would purpose in their hearts, God, that they would, uh, that they would, they would not compromise and, and, and sin against you. And, and, and Lord, there's so much bad that's out there, but I pray, God, that you will give them strength and courage and faith, Lord, that, that they would make a difference. And I pray that for us adults, Lord, as we go out in the community, Lord, as we interact with people on our jobs and, and wherever we are, God, that we would be salt and light, and God, that we would represent you and be witnesses of you. Lord, help this church to be a lighthouse in this community. Use us for your glory, dear Lord. And I pray that we'll look to you and let you be our strength. God, that we'll place our faith in you and turn to you and experience the joy and the peace of God. And we thank you for that, dear Lord. Bless us tonight, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Let's continue to worship. And we have come into his house.
this is called a sanctuary where we worship. But God's house is a sanctuary. I can remember a point in my life many years ago when my ex-husband had decided he wasn't happy anymore and left me with three small children. The church was my sanctuary because I could worship and I could hurt all at the same time because that's what God is here for, is for us to, to pour out our hearts to him in worship and in our needs and whatever it is. And so our final song, our offertory this morning, uh, this evening, is Seek Ye First. If we're seeking the kingdom of God, he's going to hear our prayers. He's not going to answer them the way we want half the time because his ways are higher than our ways. Thank you, Jesus. with me to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and uh, the title of the message comes uh, right out of the passage of scripture that we'll be looking at tonight and um, that is contentment, contentment with godliness is great gain and I, I want us to, to focus on this truth tonight uh, the apostle Paul is dealing with error and, uh, and those that uh, that uh, that teach error and, and speak words that are error and, and, and then he, he deals with greed. He follows that up with greed because a lot of times um, those that are, you know, that, that are uh, getting sidetracked and, and focused on, on their thing, their goal, uh, a lot of times that's because of, of pride. And, uh, and so then, you know, Paul deals here in verse 6 with, with greed. And, and, you know, the thing is that the reason that we are driven to greed a lot of times is because we're looking for satisfaction 
we, we want more. We think those things are going to make us happy. But I pray that, that we'll realize tonight that true contentment comes from the Lord and godliness. And, and that's, that's the great gain. The great gain is not getting a raise and getting more stuff and buying more land or, or whatever. The things that maybe you know, people in this world think of, of, of success. And I pray that we'll, we'll see what God's Word has to say about contentment. It's really something that we learn. God help us to learn to be content. If stuff defines who a person is, then they will always be attached to that stuff. And there, but there will always be a sense of emptiness and a desire for more because that stuff is going to wear out. Or the newness will fade. And you've got, to, you've got an upgrade. And you'll always have to upgrade. And you'll always got to have more. And, um, and, and those things will never satisfy. It might satisfy temporarily, but it doesn't last. But real contentment comes from knowing the Lord and pleasing God, living for the Lord. If you want real satisfaction in your life, that comes from knowing God and serving God and being close with God. There's nothing that can compare to that. That truly satisfies. Now, when we think about being content, being content is defined as uh, being satisfied with what one is or has, you know, satisfaction, uh, not wanting more or anything else. We're, we're content. If I'm always focusing on having more and always focusing on what others have that maybe I wished I had, you know, that, that leaves us emptiness and it, it, it never satisfies. And Paul saw Timothy kind of as a son in the faith. And when he wrote to Timothy, he encouraged Timothy to stand firm and to be a leader worth following. And I pray tonight that, that uh, for those of us that are, that are parents, you know, we, we think about that, how we're leaders in our home. I pray that, that we would be a leader worth following for our kids and for our students. Unlike, you know, the false leaders who were greedy that, uh, that Paul deals with in, in the previous verses uh, verses 4 and 5, uh, three, 3 through 5, uh, they, they were greedy. They were false teachers. It was all about them. I pray that, that we would be, like Paul exhorted Timothy, to be a leader that's worth following. And, and how do we do that? Well, you know, even the Apostle Paul, because of his confidence in the Lord, said, be like I am. That's kind of bold, isn't it, for you to tell people to, to follow me or be like me. But Paul was so confident in the Lord that he knew that as he focused on the Lord, that there's contentment and satisfaction and joy, and that when we look to God and follow the Lord, He'll never lead us astray. I pray that we have that kind of confidence in the Lord. It's tried and true. We've, we've called on the Lord. We've trusted Him many times, and He has guided us, and He has helped us, and He's proved Himself faithful over and over, so that we could tell, I could tell my kids, or, or, or I, could tell, I could tell others to, to, to follow me as I follow Jesus. And, uh, and be that leader that's worth following. So tonight we're going to uh, uh, focus on what our attitude should be about money and stuff. And, and that's important. What's, what's our perspective about things of this world and about, and about money? Um, and, and look with me in verse uh, 6 and 7 here in chapter 6 as we begin. And I want us to see that we need to remember that we start and end with nothing. That, that's a good place to begin. Uh, that, that's where we start. And it's not that when we get to the end, the one that has the most stuff wins. That's not what it's all about. But a lot of times, 
that's how people live their lives in this world. We've got to get more. Don't ever have enough. Uh, never satisfied. And, and when we get the next greatest or whatever, we've got to, you know, it doesn't last. And we've we got to stay up with it. We've got to, got to get an upgrade and, and, and realize that when we leave this world and when we come to the end of our life, we end with nothing. Notice this in verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, it could just say godliness with contentment is gain, and that would be right. But the Apostle Paul reminds Timothy that it's great gain. Godliness, living for God, contentment that comes from the Lord, that's great gain. That's, I just want you to know tonight, if you know the Lord, and you talk with God, and you have a personal relationship with the Lord, and, 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 and you're close with, with the Lord, then uh, that's, that's, there's, no, there's no dollar amount that can compare to that. That's great gain. Uh, that, that we see here tonight. And if you're saved tonight, aren't you thankful for your salvation? I'm so glad. I, I don't want to live without the Lord. I couldn't imagine living my life without my personal relationship with the Lord. And what you have tonight as a believer is, is great gain. It can't compare to things of this world. And so that's where we begin tonight in verse 6. But also verse 7 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and it is true. And God, any time we look to your word for answers, it will guide us in all truth. So Lord, help us tonight, Lord, to not get fascinated by the flashy things of the world and, and to be uh, drawn away and, and to focus on material things or focus on money. Lord, how that will lead us to greed. And we'll see what your word says about how greed, what it does to us. And so I pray tonight, Lord, that we'll all examine our hearts and lives and God, that we can say when this, when this service is concluded that you are our satisfaction, that we have great gain when we look to you and when we know you. So Lord, help us tonight, Lord, with this. Be our teacher tonight, Lord, and I pray that we'll respond and say yes to you, whatever you lead us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. When have you felt the most content? Just think about that. The times in your life when you have felt the most content. Was it after you made a purchase of something that you really wanted? <laughs> you know, uh, was it after you made um, a, a purchase of, of, of something that maybe you had, had wanted for a long time? Maybe all your life. Um, I, I got to tell you, if I got me a, a brand new Corvette, I just want you to know, I've, I've been wanting to do that my whole life. And, and certainly there would be some contentment that would go with that. Um, and, and it's something that, that uh, matter of fact, if any of you want to write a check so I could go get me a brand new Corvette, hey, I, I'll be glad to receive it, you know. Um, and you think about that. Yeah, that would definitely bring me content. And maybe, maybe tonight you're thinking about a, a purchase or something that you made that you really wanted. Was it a decision, perhaps, not to purchase something you really wanted? How could that bring contentment? You know, in this consumer day of, you know, get all you can and how in the world could you have contentment in not purchasing something that you really wanted have, have you ever been there boy I'm so glad we didn't do that you know and, and a lot of times that goes against what we normally think about but there is contentment sometimes in just saying you know what uh, I really want this but I, I just feel like I don't have a piece about it and, and, and I just don't need you know what I need more than this thing I, I need to be led by God and I need the peace of God, and I don't have a peace about this. Um, 
Look, look with me in, in verses 6 through uh, 7 once again. Godliness with contentment is, is great gain. No matter what, we should be content in the Lord because His Spirit is in us and the Spirit of God that's in us is more than enough. Godliness with contentment, knowing the Lord, walking with God, praying, reading His Word, all of this stuff that we think about as being a believer, that gives us joy and it gives us peace and it gives us stability. It gives us meaning and it gives us purpose, all from knowing God. And you can't put a price tag on that. There's nothing in this world that can compare to what you and I have in Christ. Godliness with contentment that Paul refers to is an inner attitude that consists of whatever we have as being sufficient, an, an inner attitude. It's an inner confidence based on the fact that our sufficiency is of God and it's not based on stuff. You know, if my sufficiency is, is on things, is on relationships or anything in this world other than God, the truth of the matter is those things will not satisfy. Even that brand new Corvette is just going to fade away one day. And, and, and the newness will wear off. But I'm telling you that when I talk with God and I spend time with the Lord and when we discipline ourselves uh, to, to spend time with God in prayer and, and to trust Him, to trust His Word and to devote ourselves to His Word and apply it to our life and we look to God, we have that inner confidence and inner trust in the Lord and, and we find that He's enough and He satisfies. That's the, that's the great gain that Paul is talking about here. And he's explaining to young Timothy. This passage is not saying that God doesn't want us to have stuff. But true contentment comes from God and not from stuff. That's, that's the lesson that we need to learn. You know, Benjamin Franklin once said, Money never made a man happy yet, nor will it. The more a man has, the more that he wants. Instead of filling a vacuum, it makes one. And, and that, that is so true. Happiness doesn't depend on what you have, but who, capital W, who you know. How many of y'all would trade your salvation and trade your relationship with God? None of us would do that. It's the greatest thing that we have is our relationship with the Lord. And verse 7 makes it clear that we really do start with nothing, and we also end with nothing. Look at verse 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Notice this. Yeah, we brought nothing in the world, but then Paul says it's certain. It's a fact that we can carry nothing out. How sad it would be to have all kinds of stuff and to accumulate a lot of stuff. Things of this world. And that's all we've got. You know, uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught about, the, about this very thing. It talked about laying up treasures in heaven. It's not the things of the world that we lay up that matters. It's the things that we lay up in heaven. The only things that's going to last are the things that we do for Jesus. That's what's, that's what's most important. And here's the thing. That's what really satisfies the things of God. So my question tonight as we think about this, and I, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 in just a moment. Are we laying up treasures in heaven? is all we've got things of this world. We should be more 
concerned with eternal things than temporary things that's just going to corrupt and fade and be burned up one day. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, or Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, and, and verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Listen to this. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Moments of life invested in making money are wasted in eternity. Moments invested in prayer continue to have value. Moments spent making Christ known have an eternal value. The things that we do for the Lord. I wonder how much in our how many things in our life are things that are eternal. How much are we laying up in heaven? Because the things of the world that a lot of times we make we make so important those things are just going to corrupt away but the eternal treasures I mean presently right now I believe perhaps by you being here tonight you're laying up treasures in heaven and, and, and those things will never fade those things will never pass away so we need to remember tonight that you know we start and we end with nothing and we can't take anything with us and those things that we accumulate in this world, th those things, we'll leave them behind. But, but we do, we can currently right now lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Knowing the Lord, walking with God, serving God, loving the things of God. But if our fascination is with things of this world, you see, this is what we've got to teach our, our kids and our students. Because, you know, they're, they're young and and they, they can so easily be sidetracked and focus on the things of this world, the popularity and the, and, and the, and the fame and, 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 and the things of this world and, and, and everything. And, and it catches their eyes, but they need to see in us a leader that's worth following. They need to see that we cherish the things of God. And, and the things of God are so important to us. And we're laying up those treasures in heaven. That's what we need to show this younger generation. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, if all we've got are things of this world, we've got nothing. And we certainly can't take it with us. So we begin with nothing, and we end with nothing. But also, we must be content with our needs being met. You know, a lot of times we can focus on, on what, we, you know, what we don't have, and then we totally forget and take for granted the needs that we do have. The, our needs are met. You know, the question is, how much is enough? When you think about the things of this world and accumulating things, how much is enough? How many friends is enough? You know, how much property is enough? i got to buy more land. Uh, rooms in our home. How many rooms is enough? I, I tell you, I think we could have 30 rooms in our house and we would we'd fill it up. <laughs> you know, isn't that something? Uh, there never seems to be enough spot. How, how many vehicles is enough four-wheelers and boats and and campers and 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 all of this hobbies and and all of this stuff how much is enough will it ever get to where we're satisfied with enough and the answer to that question is we'll never be satisfied we'll continue to want more and long for more but first timothy 6 8 no, notice this and having 
food and clothing, with these we shall be content. What we're talking about here is our needs. How many of us, you know, we have our kids will, will want something and they'll say, but I need it. <laughs> Do they really need it? No, it's not, it's not a need. But adults are the same way. We just feel like, you know, our, our, our needs gets mixed in with our wants and our wants gets mixed in with our needs and we just think we do we, we think that we need it but it's really not it's really not a need but here we see in verse 8 what should be our focus look at verse 8 again having food and clothing we're talking about basic necessities with these we shall be content when's the last time that we're just content with having food on the table and we're just content with having clothes on our back and I know that we think about that and say, oh, that's, you know, uh, that, that's, that's a given, right? That's understood. Well, it's, it's a blessing from God's hand. And he, he takes care of our, of our needs. And, and so Paul says, instead of, you know, being greedy and, and, um, and, and wanting more and more and more, just be content with having your needs met. Food and clothing are basically, you know, basic needs of life. And Paul's saying that contentment comes from having basic needs, which God supplies. Anything else is a bonus. Is that our perspective tonight? I know a lot of times that's not mine. A lot of times we can get sidetracked and focus on, on, on things that we think that we need that we really don't. And then we take the basic needs for granted. And so I just encourage us tonight to be content with, with our needs being met. And I, I encourage... I think about that breath that we just took. You know, are we thankful for that? Or did we just think that, you know, <laughs> that that was just going to be automatically there and that we, we're, we, you know, we, we just deserve it or something or we're entitled that next breath. But God gives us life and he, he meets our needs and, and let's find contentment in, in those things. Now you tell that to your, you know, to your son or daughter and they might look at you you know, cockeyed a little bit. What? What? You're crazy, you know. But um, but that's that's reality. Uh, allowing our contentment to be based on having our needs met, and yet we fall in the trap a lot of times of, of letting contentment come from having certain things. If I get this, I'll be happy. Isn't that our society today? If I get that Corvette, oh man, I'll be happy. Lord, if you'll give me that Corvette, I know I'll be content and happy, and I'll be a better Christian. You know, if you'll just give me. That's how we are. We think that's where our contentment is. But what I'm saying tonight is let's just be, let's just be content with, with what we might call the simple things. Think about that, that heartbeat. Have you ever just taken time and gotten away from it all and just heard yourself breathe? Or maybe just felt your heartbeat and just said, thank you, Lord. Because that's a gift from God. The, the simple things what about spending time with your kids that's the greatest thing we can give them in our society we think we got to buy them something else we got to if I really want my my daughter to know that I love her I, I need to go take her somewhere and, and spend a lot of money on her no the, the greatest thing I can give my daughter is my time that's simple isn't it but that's the truth you know being content with having our needs met Money can't buy what really matters. And what really matters, or, or, or what really lasts, money can't buy that. You can't put a price tag on it. 
Well, not sometimes we'll be sitting at home and uh, Valerie will be playing the piano and then you know Michael and Megan and Matthew are just enjoying each other they're not fussing or fighting <laughs> they're just enjoying it play, maybe playing a video game or, um, or, or just playing you know they have card games they are just enjoying each maybe going out in the yard and just and just playing volleyball letting Megan teach them how to play volleyball just the simple things and many times those things will, 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 I'll, I'll just enjoy that and I'll just say thank you Lord I've read, um, I've read about about those that were so busy that instead of focusing on that job or that project at work, they spent time with their family, and then even say, "This day was wasted because I didn't get any work done." Isn't that where we are today? Let's let's be focusing on um, being content with having our needs met. Nothing wrong with having wants. Nothing wrong with that. And God, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. God blesses. And, um, and I, I'm grateful for the stuff that, that I have. And God blesses. But the problem comes when we turn our wants into needs. It's always easy to discern between uh, a want and a need when you think about it. But, but we make it complicated. And sometimes we... We get, it, we get it blurred. But think about this. Contentment is really found not, not, in, not in having what we want, but having what we need. That, that's real contentment. And I think about Thanksgiving. A lot of times we focus on being thankful. In all things, you know, be thankful. And we'll gather with family. We'll have food on the table. And we'll give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you've provided from your hand. We might even quote scripture. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And, and we, you know, we, we just want to be thankful. And, and we say amen and we eat. And, and then within a matter of hours, you know, we're, going, we're, we're going to Black Friday. And we're pushing people around and shoving people around. Only in America. Give thanks. And then all of a sudden we, we, we can be so greedy. And that's the culture that we live in. We focus on a lot of times if our focus is on what we want instead of having our needs met. Then, um, then we're not going to be content. And, and so let's be content with having our needs met. Do you realize that a family of four in the United States that earns $20,000 is still richer than 76% of the world population? We're so, we're so spoiled in our country, aren't we? I mean, let's, let's, let's just be content with having our needs met. And um, we need to remember that tonight. But also, as we close... Um, we need to stay away from the trap, and I think if if we'll do if we'll if 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 we'll if we'll focus on the Lord and find contentment in godliness, honoring God, trusting the Lord, reading His Word, staying close to the Lord, we'll find true contentment in that. And that's where it begins. And then what that does is it leads us to have the perspective of um, what we need as as compared to what we want. It'll have it'll give us discernment as we're close to the Lord, and we'll focus on having our needs met instead of focusing on our wants. And if we don't do that, then there's a trap that, that Paul gives here in verses 9 through 10. You see, it's possible to have money without loving money. In fact, the key to real lasting contentment is, is what we find here in verses 9 and 10. Notice this. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare 
and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Do you see the trap that's there? The love of money is a trap that draws us to stuff, but more importantly, it draws us away from God. According to this passage, the price of greed is straying from the faith in greediness, and we pierce ourselves through with many sorrows, verse 10 says. Sadly, the love of money, what does it do? It lures us away from our faith in Jesus. Really what happens is that money becomes our God. That becomes sacred to us. And, and that's idol worship. And, and anything that we put before God becomes our idol. And it, you know, we become enslaved to it. It says jump, and we say how high. It says pay, and we say how much. You know, it says go, we say how far and how long. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'd much rather take my orders from God than from the things of this world. And, and it leads us away from God. We seek satisfaction from money instead of satisfaction from a close walk with Jesus. Is Jesus not enough? I mean, we can't buy peace. We can't buy joy. Satisfaction. You can't, you can't buy your family. You can't buy your kids lasting happiness and joy. Only a personal relationship with Jesus will do that. Yet homes and, and families are hurting today. They're in sorrow due to the love of money instead of the love of Jesus. And so what happens is, you know, this verse, look at it again in verse 9. Those who desire to be rich fall into the temptation and snare. It's a trap. They stumble and they fall. And into many foolish and harmful lusts. It draws us away, which drown men in destruction and perdition. You get that? We're just overwhelmed with it. We're drowning in it. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's not that money itself is evil, but it's the love of it. Especially when we love money and we love those, th those things more than we love God. So the next time that we feel cravings of greed, remember that you serve a God who's bigger than that stuff. And He will satisfy. Be content with what you have. Be content with your needs being met. You know, count your blessings. I love that song. I've, I mean, I, listen, I don't know if y'all took notes or not, but I preached this very passage back in May. And it's been on my heart. And I, I felt the Lord leading me to preach this once again tonight to remind us of where contentment really comes. It comes from the Lord. It comes from above. And, and sometimes, instead of what we do is we, we begin to count what we don't have and what we, what, the things that we want. But let's, let's count what we do have. Let, let's be thankful and, and be grateful for the blessings of God and count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. So when we focus on the cravings of greed, it's a trap. We might think that it will lead to happiness. And it, it'll, it'll provide some temporary satisfaction, but it, but it won't last. But I'll tell you what will last. A close walk with God. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of, our, of your faith, and knowing Him more. There's contentment there. And I, I came across this 
Leon Austin, she wrote in The Christian Reader her experience about this very thing. And I want to share it with you as, as we close. The artificial lures fishermen use look so phony. It astonishes me that any fish would fall for them. Shiny, metallic, and gaudy plastic, hot pink and neon colors in stripes and spots. Now, I know Kevin knows exactly what I'm talking about. I, I know what this, I've seen them. And it is amazing, you know, uh, that they, but they are. They're, they're lured by that. And, and, and she says, Satan knows what he can use to dazzle and distract me. And he knows what he can use to dazzle and distract you. After more than 10 years, Lynn says, of introducing myself as just a housewife, my enemy dangled before me the lure of a real job with a paycheck and prestige. To boost my uh, flagging self-esteem, I snapped at the bait and signed a contract before prayerfully considering the consequences to our family life. And we've all been there, hadn't we? Jumped maybe too soon or, or, or we just, for whatever reason, we didn't seek the Lord and, and, and pray as we should. And that was the case for her. And so she jumped on this to have this job, to have this paycheck, to have this prestige so she wouldn't just be a housewife. Within a few months, I knew I had made a mistake. Man, that's a, that's a terrible feeling, isn't it? isn't it? When you make a decision and you think that it was the right decision, but if you're honest, you look back and you didn't seek the Lord. You didn't ask God and for God's wisdom. You just, you just made that choice, made that decision. And within a few weeks or months, you think, what have I done? I know I've made the wrong decision. She says within a few months, she knew she made a mistake. Early morning meetings forced me to leave the house while my children were still asleep. Afternoon conferences that dragged on and on turned them into latchkey kids. The demands of the job did not line up with my talents and interests. As the work pressures and the laundry piled up, I missed my daily quiet times with the Lord. My friends at Bible study and my daughter's Mother's Day program at school. When my contract expired a year later, I gratefully resigned. I had learned a hard lesson not to be distracted by fancy lures that make me forget the things that really matter. Well, that's true, isn't it? I mean, what really matters? A lot of times we're distracted. Maybe there are those that have second and third jobs, not to help meet needs, but to help meet those wants. And oh, they're sacrificing their family and they don't even know it. They have those, they're thinking, well, I, I'm working to have these things to keep my family happy. But all the while, it's, it's maybe keeping you from being where you need to be with the Lord. Maybe, maybe missing a Sunday night or a Wednesday night so that you can maintain those things instead of being in the house of God and being a leader. I mean, you think about this. Uh, when's the last time that we're just content with, with our needs? When's the last time that we focused on our needs instead of our wants. So I just encourage us tonight, you know, I, I understand money is important. Matter of fact, it's used in the Bible 133 times. Obviously, money is important. And uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, think about this, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Can't do it. So who are we serving tonight? We can't love God and money. 
We must choose which one we're going to love. Money will leave you empty. It'll leave you longing for more. It won't satisfy. Let's choose God every time. He's worthy every time. And He's given everything for us. Paul said that loving money leads to a trap and much worse. Billy Graham once said, if a person gets his attitude toward money straight, it will help straighten out almost every other area of his life. Contentment with godliness, that's great gain. Do we understand that tonight? How much do we, does our time pour into our contentment with godliness? Or are we, are we pouring in our time so that we can maintain stuff, things that we think makes us happy, but it really is, we're enslaved to it. Billy Graham reminds us that we need to get our, our attitude toward money straight, and it'll straighten out a lot of other areas in our life. What makes a bigger difference in the world? How much you have or how you live for God? Well, how we live for God is so much more important, but what we do is, is we focus on how much we have, and we work and work and work, and we run the rat race because the world says you've got to have this and you've got to be like this. And we conform to the world. I think the Apostle Paul said something about that in Romans chapter 12. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I pray that that would be our desire tonight. Are we content tonight? Content with godliness? Content with having our needs met? Thank the Lord for providing our needs. Let's focus on God. Focus on knowing the Lord and getting closer to Him and focus on how God meets our needs. Contentment with godliness is great gain. Heavenly Father, oh Lord, I thank you tonight for the truth that we see in your word. And we know tonight, Lord, that real contentment is not found in this world. And Lord, I know that every one of us are aware of that. But many times, Lord, if we're honest, we're, we're chasing after things so that we can have stuff so that we think that we can have happiness so that we can be who the world says we need to be to be happy but Lord real happiness doesn't come from being who the world says we ought to be real happiness doesn't come from having more stuff and focusing on what we want real happiness comes from you a personal relationship with you and putting more emphasis on how we can be a better Christian how we can get closer to you and focusing then on how our needs are being met. Contentment with godliness is great gain. Help us to see that tonight. God, would you have your way tonight? Thank you, Lord, for all that you've provided for us. Not only the physical needs, but our spiritual needs. Because you gave your life on the cross for us. Help us, Lord Jesus, as we think about that, to be so thankful and desire to know you more. Because that's where true contentment comes. In Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to stand tonight. Would you come? What is it that we need to do? What's God speaking to us about tonight? Let's find that contentment in being godly and knowing the Lord more. What do we need to do tonight? I pray that we'll respond and say yes to Him tonight. Would you come as Donna leads?
ask our musicians to continue to play. Just think about this. We've all done this. We've, we've prayed, Lord, help my kids to be great in this and this and this. And help me, help our kids, Lord, to be this and that. When's the last time that we prayed that our kids would glorify God? Because that's more important than being great in this and this and that. Because this and this and that's going to fade away. But glorifying God and knowing the Lord, oh, that's, that's going to last forever. So I, I challenge us tonight. Let, let's pray for our kids and pray for our students. But let's not pray for them to glorify God until we've done it for ourselves. Let's glorify God. Let's be content with godliness. Lord, whatever I need to do to get closer to you, Lord, reveal it to me. That's where I want to put my emphasis on being who you want me to be, to be Christ-like. What do we need to do for that to happen? Whatever it is tonight, would you come? Donna's going to lead us in another verse. I pray that you won't wait. You'll go ahead and come on right now as God is speaking. That we'll find contentment with godliness. Be who God wants us to be. Not get sidetracked with other stuff. But let, let God be number one. Focus on Him tonight. Let's do that. Would you come as Donna leads us? The altar is open. Thank you for being here tonight and I pray that maybe this week as a result of, of, we, of being content with godliness that, that maybe this week that, that we'll just ask the Lord on that way to work that we'll count our blessings and start thinking about how the Lord meets our needs and how God provides and, and, and then we'll focus on trying to be godly because that's where real joy and real contentment comes and we'll focus on the Lord and, and, and look to Him and that's always, that's always a good thing when that happens. And I hope that you have a wonderful week this week. And, and I pray you'll be able to make, make it back on Wednesday night for our, our, our prayer meeting and, and adult Bible study. We have some uh, special time. I had a great uh, crowd here Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, and enjoyed being here. And, and just some special times on Wednesday night. And I hope that you'll come and, and I remind you about that. And then also, uh, please be in prayer for Sunday as, as Rick and Jan Brown come. And um, I tell you, they're, they're great parents. And um, they're, they're great husband and wife. And and um, and I, I I love them. I've I've seen them, and um, and, and the Lord give them strength. And I'm I'm excited to have them come be with us uh, this coming Sunday morning. And and then also uh, we'll be you know feeding the team as well. Pray that God will use that as well. And um, I pray that you have a wonderful week this week. And um, as we close tonight, I'm gonna ask Dennis if you would. Would you close us in prayer tonight? God bless you.